the folks who are joining us on Zoom, if you want to go ahead and turn your cameras on, that would be fantastic so I can see all of your beautiful faces. We're going to get started just right away. This is the first time that we're streaming into the Facebook Live group from Zoom as well. So we're just going to need a couple seconds to make sure that everything is a go before we get started. Hi, Amy. Good to see ya. Hi, Hannah, you made it. Um, okay, Suzanne, could you let me know? Okay, Megan saying hi in the Facebook group. Thanks, Megan, hi. Suzanne, Suzanne is our moderator. She's part of Team Step Queen. She's gonna be helping you guys with your questions. If you've got any questions as far as tech goes or links or anything, uh, ask Suzanne to send you in the right direction. She'll help you out. I'm gonna be doing my absolute best to be monitoring the comments between the chat box inside of Zoom and inside of Facebook Live. So, um, Suzanne, where's the chat here? Suzanne, can you let me know if we're good in the Facebook group? Chat. All good. Okay, perfect. So welcome everybody. Suzanne, you'll be on the waiting room now, right? Perfect. Um, hi, Amanda and Megan inside the Facebook group. You guys can jump on Zoom if you want or stay on Facebook. I don't care. Be in both. That's great. Um, welcome to the Uplifted Stepmom workshop series. Uh, today is the first workshop of three workshops in the series, and this one I'm going to be letting you in on the three core ingredients every stepmom needs in order to confidently and peacefully blend her stepfamily. So if you're joining us live on Facebook, go, go ahead and say hello. Um, everybody on Zoom, go ahead and feel free to type in the chat, say hello, introduce yourselves. Uh, be friendly. Something I say all of the time is friends don't let friends, stepmom alone. So lean into your group of new besties. There is no women on this earth who are better than the women in the Step Queen gang. So say hi, make friends, give hugs, joke around. This is going to be an interactive presentation. I'm going to be asking for your feedback. I'm going to be asking for you to answer some questions. So please, I'm here for you. Make the most of this time. Time, ask your questions, type in the chat, participate. What you put into this, you're going to get out of it. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Brittany Lynch. I'm a certified step family counselor. I've got a background in mental health nursing. I'm the founder of Step Queen, and I'm also the creator and facilitator of Your Stepmom Story, which is the best online support and transformation community for stepmoms in the world, period. Uh, your stepmom story gives stepmoms every single tool that they need to live happily ever after. And I'm pretty sure like there are some stepmom story alumni on here right now. Amy and Lindsay, I saw for sure. Megan and, and Amanda in the Facebook group that I've seen so far. I'm pretty sure that they would tell you your stepmom, so your stepmom story changes lives and saves marriages. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. 
I'm going to make an assumption, though, that most of you are here for that reason today, right? Most of you probably want to learn the tools to change your life, change your stepmom life, and maybe save some of your stepfamily relationships. If that is why you are here, type me in the chat for me. Me, one, yes, hell yes, whatever you want. It's really, you know, it's no secret that relationships between step couples don't typically work out. Okay. Now I want to ask you, what is one of the main reasons cited for divorce? Specifically divorce and step families. What is one of the main reasons cited for divorce and step families? And I'm going to, I'm going to be broad and I'm not, I'm not going to be so specific to me like marriage in a church, like any end of the long-term relationship in a step family. The answer is irreconcilable differences. Okay. So who's heard that term used before? Maybe you've even said it yourself, right? Irreconcilable differences. So what does that mean? Right? Like in different language. Irreconcilable differences literally means that we cannot see past our differences. Our differences are too different to be able to stay in a relationship together. So in other words, I can't accept you for who you are, or you can't accept me for who I am, or a little bit of both, or a lot of both, right? Now, you know, this means the kind of relationships where we're like, we just fell out of love. We were turned into roommates instead of partners. We just couldn't see eye to eye. And the one specifically that we're going to hear the most about blended families, especially step families, especially is we couldn't blend. Okay. We just couldn't blend. So who is here right now? Sharing your afternoon, your morning, your evening, depending on where in the world you're tuning in from. Who's here right now because they're having trouble blending? Okay. Say me, raise your hand. Most of you are probably here because you're having trouble blending, right? And it's really awesome. I really want to acknowledge you for taking this action to protect yourself against these irreconcilable differences. Now, what happens when we have these differences in step families? Because we do all the time. And really, if you think about it, how can we not have these differences in step families? Because in a step family, we've got a whole lot more people that we can struggle to see eye to eye with. We have a whole lot of people in our life that we didn't necessarily ask for to be a part of our lives, right? And maybe that's one reason that you found your way to this workshop. Maybe you find it hard to accept your stepkids for who they are. Maybe you don't love their behavior. Maybe their mannerisms remind you of their other parent. Maybe you feel like they're entitled, like they're spoiled. Maybe you resent your stepkids because of what they represent. Maybe because they treat your spouse like a piggy bank. Okay. Maybe you find it hard to accept your partner's ex for who he or she is, the way they spend their money, the way they spend their child support or their spousal support, the level of irresponsibility that they show over and over and over again, right? Their irrational behavior, 
boundary crossing, high conflict nature. Maybe you're here because you find it really hard to accept your partner for who he or she is specifically within the context of those step family relationships. Maybe their parenting style grates on your nerves. Maybe they're a guilt parent and it makes you a little bit bonkers. Maybe they don't have a backbone when it comes to their ex. I'm not saying that you are wrong. Okay. If you're feeling aggravated by this, I'm not saying that you're wrong whatsoever. You've got every right to be aggravated. I am aggravated by a lot of things in my step family still to this day. Okay. Step families just have a lot of relationships and by default, those specific types of relationships are at risk of a whole lot of irreconcilable differences within those relationships. Step families can be really, 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 really hard without the right support. Okay. The odds are stacked against us. And why are the odds stacked against us? Very simply because there are way more individual relationships that we have to navigate than if we were in a nuclear family. Relationships that by design are inherently really complex relationships, relationships with a partner's past lover forever, right? These are complex relationships with kids who we didn't grow inside of our bodies. These are complex. Even when they're great, they're still complex. Okay. So pop quiz, who knows the answer to this question? What percentage of step family marriages relationships fail? Rebecca got it. Yeah. 67%. So statistically speaking, two and three, at least two and three step families will not blend and the couple will separate. So look to your neighbor on your left, look to your neighbor on your right. It's going to be one of you guys. Okay. So if you're here because you want to know exactly what to do so that you can peacefully blend your step family, type a one in the chat for me. If you're here because you want to know how to become more confident as a stepmom, you want to stop second guessing yourself, type a two in the chat for me. If you're here because you're worried about what's going to happen to your sanity or to your relationship or all of the above, if something doesn't change quick, type a three in the chat for me. Okay. One, two, three, one, two, three. If you're here because your relationship is rock solid, your stepkids are angels, you and your partner's ex have coffee every Sunday morning, type a four in the chat for me. And if you type a four, get out of here. I'm just kidding. You're all welcome here. We've got room for everybody. Get on in here. So I want to be really clear about who this workshop event is for. There's a very specific type of person that this workshop is going to help and a very specific type of person that this workshop is not going to help. So I'm all about saving time. I think time is the most valuable resource that we have. So I want to be upfront about whether or not this is going to work for you. If it is great, if it's not, that's fine too. There are tons of other coaches out there. Okay. I just want everyone to feel like they're in the right place and be confident that they are investing their time in something that's going to help them. Okay. Before you go through all three workshops and you're like, what a freaking rip. That was not for me. Okay. I want you to know what you're getting yourself into. Unlike what we do when we get into step families, right? So this series of workshops is for you. If you are a stepmom who number one, biggest one, you thought 
blending was going to be easy, but life turned out to be nothing like you thought it was going to be when you fell in love. Okay. It's also for you. If you find yourself having thoughts and feelings about your spouse, the kids, the kids, other parent that make you feel guilty, ashamed, isolated. Maybe you feel like your stepkids are just plain bad sometimes. Maybe you feel like there's something wrong with you because you don't, in fact, love your stepkids like they grew inside your body. This workshop is also for you if you feel like stepmotherhood has changed who you are as a person, not for the better, and you want to feel like yourself again. It's for you if you sometimes feel like your behavior or your thoughts or your emotions are irrational sometimes, but when certain situations happen, it's almost like a switch flips and you like lose touch with logic and reason. And then you do something that you regret and then you feel ashamed and then you get stuck in this shame shitstorm, as Brene Brown likes to say. And it's this cycle that you get stuck into because of the way that you reacted to certain situations. But it's like, when these happen, I have no control over myself. This workshop event is also for you if you are tired of feeling angry, sad, jealous, resentful, left out, runner up, second place, not good enough, irritated, or just plain damn tired. Okay. It's for you if you feel isolated in your stepmom experience. Maybe you've got some well-meaning friends and family who give you lots of well-meaning advice, but their advice maybe makes you feel worse. It's for you if in your desperation, you feel like you've read all the books, all the blog posts, binged all the podcast episodes, you follow every single stepmom influencer on Instagram, you've cruised through some of those other stepmom communities in hopes that somebody out there is going to be able to tell you that thing, that one thing that's going to save you, right? But you can't find it. You've looked everywhere. You've looked under every rock, behind every tree, but you can't find that thing. Chances are pretty good, you know, if you're still here listening to this, it might feel, you know, really common, like the only lesson you've been able to learn about your step family is that your feelings that you're having are normal, that the feelings you're having are valid, right? Maybe you're frustrated because you're still left without a clear path forward or any tools or strategies to help you. You're like, okay, I know this is a normal stepmom experience. I get it. I know my feelings are okay. I know they're valid, but what the F am I supposed to do? Because you're sure as heck aren't about to accept that this is the way your life is going to look from here on out unless you leave your spouse. Can I get an amen? Right? So you're in the right place if when your friends or your family ask how blending is going, you either A, lie and hide how hard you are really finding your set family dynamic or B, you find yourself having some verbal diarrhea and you go on a venting spree, right? You're like, well, you're never going to guess what she did this time, blah, 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 right? Maybe C, all of the above sometimes, okay? Maybe you've even noticed that some of the relationships between you and your friends and your family have totally changed and not in a good way. If you've ever thought in the past, you're not cut out for stepmotherhood, and you love your partner so much, but you're not sure how much longer you're going to be able to stay because this emotional roller coaster is exhausting. And maybe you've sworn if you ever split up with your spouse, you're never, ever, 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 ever going to date somebody with kids ever again, period, the end. Okay. You're in the right place. 
And lastly, if you cannot fathom having a co-parenting relationship with that toxic honey badger for one more second, and you'd rather make out with a cactus than imagine having to be in contact with this person for the rest of your life, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Okay. I'm going to tell you who this workshop series is not for also. Okay. Another <laughs> make out with a cactus. Welcome, Christine. You are in the right place. This workshop series is not for you if you came here just to vent or if you're looking for a group of stepmoms to talk shit about your stepkids, talk shit about their other parent with, okay? And, and specifically, and you have no desire to actually make any changes to improve your own position as a stepmom. So I want to be really clear, okay? I have a very strict, no venting, no shit talking policy inside of my stepmom story community. And it's not an accident that the stepmom story community is the best stepmom community on the web in the world, probably. So it's for that reason that I can't hold space for that type of energy here. Okay. Now I want to be also really clear. Don't confuse that with, with sharing how you're feeling, looking for how to process your personal experience, right? Because that's healing energy. That's from the place of like, I'm look, this is like got me all wacky and I want to figure out how to move through that. That's a different kind of direction that you'd be heading, right? Healing is always welcome. Processing is always welcome. Sharing your feelings is always welcome. Okay. And I'm really honored, truly honored to be able to facilitate your healing in whatever way that I can and to help you process the complexity of the stepmom role in whatever way that I can. Okay. With that said, I really tend to attract a very specific type of stepmom. Okay. I tend to attract the like creme de la creme of stepmoms who are really ready for that next step on their stepmom journey. They're really ready to take some radical self-responsibility, really ready to turn their lives into something amazing. Um, most of you probably know that there are plenty of groups for stepmoms out there where the members aren't necessarily interested in making any changes. They're just looking for somewhere to blow off steam. And, and that's where some stepmoms are on their journey. I think every single one of us has to go through that phase to get to the place where we're ready for that next step. And that's totally okay. Like no shade, no tea, like that's totally fine. I'm just letting you know that this group is not one of those groups. That's not the stage that this group is, is at. Okay. I'm also going to let you know, um, it's really impossible for me to teach you in three workshops, what it's taken me almost eight years and counting to master. Okay. I'm going to be opening the doors to my signature program, your stepmom story. I'm going to be talking about it all the time because it's the tits. I'm going to be opening the doors to your stepmom story once this workshop series is over for anyone who wants to go deeper and continue their healing journey and their path to happily ever after and join our community and join our sisterhood. But if you're going to be offended by me offering you an opportunity to join this program that changes lives and save marriages, this series probably won't be for you. Okay. And you may as well, like I said, save your time, save mine, jump off now, find someone else that you love and click with. Something you're going to realize about me right away, people love me or they hate me. Okay. And I'm no BS. So I would take a bullet for literally any of my clients, any of them, but I also don't mess around. I don't have time to mess around. This is your sanity. 
This is your health. This is your family. This is your future that we're talking about. So I don't take this responsibility lightly. I don't take this work lightly. And I cannot hold space for people who are not ready and willing to do the work because that takes energy away from people like you who are ready and willing and able and excited to do the work, okay? So if you are ready to change your damn life, then let's get moving, okay? After all of that, who's confident that they are in the right place, okay? Raise your emoji hands where I can see them. If you're on Zoom, give me a little wave. Let me know, okay? Ready, perfect. Ready, 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 perfect. Hey, Kristen Conrad, happy to see ya. Ashley, ready, shall be right where you need to be. Amen, sister. Okay, so by the end of this third workshop in the series, you're going to know the exact steps to take so that you can become a stepmom who really embodies the energy of like, I'm confident, I'm compassionate, I'm not a doormat, right? I can be compassionate without being a doormat. <laughs> I'm hashtag blessed, right? I'm grateful, I'm appreciated. I ask for what I want and I make sure I get it. I've got strong boundaries. I don't apologize for taking care of myself. By the end of the third workshop in this series, you're going to leave here feeling confident that you've got the tools to navigate the inevitable ups and downs of step family life. Because if you're a stepmom, you already know it's not a matter of if disagreements and drama happens. It's a matter of when. So I'm going to help you leave here knowing that you are ready for whatever life might throw at you. You're going to leave here knowing how to remain peaceful, even when you know what, somebody drop a poop emoji in the chat for me. You're going to leave here knowing how to remain peaceful, even when you know what hits the fan. Okay. You're going to leave here. Your partner's going to notice a difference in your mood already. It happens every single time. People's partners are like, holy smokes, what's going on with you? You're so happy. What's happening? It happened so quickly. Um, you're going to leave here embracing, looking forward to the deep love, the connection, the appreciation that you're going to find with the members of your step family, no matter how big of a stretch that may feel like right now. Okay. So you might be thinking, if you're a skeptic like me, you might be thinking like, this is a big, bold promise, right? It's a big, bold promise, promising I can have that kind of stuff at the end of just three workshops, right? So before we move on and get into like the how, right? Everyone's chomping at the bit, like, okay, just tell me what to do. <laughs> tell me what to do here. Before we move on, I really want to let you know, I'm going to invite you to leave whatever expectations that you might have come into this training with, whatever expectations you might have for what you think that you should be learning. Please leave those at the door. Okay. I've been doing this for a long time now. I know what most stepmoms think that they need to learn and what they actually need to learn. So Jesus, take the wheel, check those expectations, trust the process. Okay. Just lean in. I mean, you don't have to do anything either, right? Like this is just a, this is just an offering. Okay. You don't have to do anything. You can keep doing it your way if you want to, but I love you so much. If you want something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. So whatever you thought this training was going to be like, 
wipe that out of your mind right now. Gone. It's not going to be like that. I can promise you that. But if you want to get to happily ever after, I'm going to show you how to get there. Hey, and I'm so excited and so honored and so privileged and so humbled to be the person that's able to show you that today. So I also know that there's a bunch of skeptics out there because I'm also a skeptic. So you might be wondering, like, how is Britain going to deliver on this big promise, right? Like happily ever after is a big promise to make somebody because it is. I understand that. Over the, our next little while together, you're going to be discovering how you can harness the power and practice of mindfulness. Okay. Mindfulness to create your happily ever after. No, don't click off. Don't be like, oh my God, I'm not doing this. Just stay with me here for a minute. Okay. Mindfulness is going to be your, your secret weapon. Mindfulness is going to be your ticket to happily ever after that you probably like that happily ever after that you thought you were going to have when you fell in love. That's nothing like that. Mindfulness can help you get there. Okay. Mindfulness, whether you believe me or not right now, mindfulness is the fastest way, not only the fastest way, way to create your fairy, fairy tale ending, because when you practice mindfulness, everything can change in your life very quickly, instantly on a time. Not only is mindfulness the fastest way to that fairy tale ending. It's also the single most powerful approach that you can take to free yourself from everybody else's shit. Okay. That sounds pretty happily ever after to me. So in each of the workshops in this series, you're going to learn how to become a mindfulness master. Okay. So I really need you. I really want you. I really hope that you'll pay attention. And I'm going to recommend that everybody watches each of these work shops at least one more time because your subconscious mind is going to filter things out and you're going to miss things that are important. Okay. So this is your chance now to close out of Instagram, turn off the TV, settle in, pay attention, get your journal, get your workbook. Um, there was a workbook that was sent out. That's an accompaniment to today's workshop. It'll be in your email. Suzanne, if you want to drop that link in the chat for everybody, so everybody can grab that workbook too, if they don't have it already, that would be fantastic. Thanks, Suzanne. Um, yeah, there's going to be, a there will be a link to the recording, uh, for sure. There's an all access page that I linked to in your emails quite a bit. The recordings will be posted on that all access page. So once we're done here today, the recordings are going to get taken to be subtitled. And then once they're subtitled, they'll be uploaded to that all access page. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little bit more. Thanks for asking that question, Jen. I'm going to give you a little bit more of my background um, so you kind of understand what I'm all about. Um, again, my name is Brittany Lynch. I used to be probably one of the most miserable stepmoms on the face of this planet. Uh, top five for sure. Okay. But alas, miracles do happen. And with the power of mindfulness, hand to God, it's been all about mindfulness. With the power of mindfulness that I'm about to share with you today, I literally went from screaming in my husband's face that I hated his ex-wife, I hated his son, I hated him, and I wanted a divorce. And now I help stepmoms from every corner of the world live happily ever after. Okay? Miracles do happen. I've walked through literal hellfire of step family life. Okay? Who knows what the hellfire of step family life is like? Draw me a fire emoji, say me, raise your hand. Okay? After walking through the literal hellfire of step family life, getting to the other side, I left a career as a registered nurse. I used to work in psychiatric mental health nursing, 
I got a designation and certification in step family counseling, which then led me to become the founder and CEO of Step Queen. Okay. I'm also the host of the top ranked relationship podcast called Queen of Your Castle. We've got tens of thousands of downloads. Um, I'm a regularly featured, <laughs> where am I? I'm a regularly featured <laughs> writer for Stepmom Magazine also. And not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep. Uh, my clients in the stepmom story would probably tell you that I am one of the best in the biz when it comes to helping stepmoms change their lives. Okay. There are lots of great coaches out there. I'm not saying I'm better than any of them. There are different coaches that click with different people. I totally understand that. But you will notice that I do things very differently than most of the other coaches out there. Okay. And that's for a very specific reason that I do do things differently. I do things differently because when I first started out as a step family counselor, I was doing everything like by the book, like we're supposed to do, right? But even though I was doing everything like I was supposed to be doing it, like my training said I was supposed to be doing it, I noticed something. First of all, you know, none of the books or blogs or advice that I took in from other step family counselors who had been through a similar training to me, none of that stuff they were putting out there actually helped me. It didn't help me enough to stop me from getting to the point where I was screaming in my husband's face that I wanted a divorce. Okay. So I'm sure a lot of that stuff helps a lot of people. I just wasn't one of them. And second of all, you know, after I became a step family counselor myself, even though I was like textbook, I was being the step textbook set family counselor, the clients I was working with were not having the breakthroughs that were going to save them from becoming a statistic. And like I said, I would take a literal bullet for any of my clients. So that I felt like I was like failing these people. They're coming to me for help. And I was like doing what I was told to do, but I wasn't helping them. And I, and I knew that and I hated it. But then I realized, you know, I'm offering this advice because of my training, but I'm not doing any of that in my own life, right? I'm creating peace and confidence and intimacy in my own life, in my own step family, in a totally different way than what the books for step family counselors were still like telling me to do. So I went a little bit rogue, okay, <laughs> went a little bit rogue. Um, I'm an Enneagram eight. So part of my nature is that I'm like continuously challenging the status quo. I don't like the system, right? Like <laughs> I guess you could be a punk in a different life. Um, and so true to my Enneagram eight nature, I really started deviating from what I was supposed to be doing. And I discovered these missing ingredients from what the book was saying to do. And so it's those core ingredients that I'm going to be sharing with you over the course of the Uplifted Stepmom series. Sound good? Now, I want to ask everybody, and go ahead and type in the chat if you want, um, try and be as specific as possible, but what inspired you to register for this series? Why are you here right now? What are you hoping to accomplish? What are you hoping to get out of this series? Okay. You wouldn't have signed up unless you believed I could help you in some way. So why are you here? What do you believe I can help you with? <clears throat> OK. 
Katie Blaine. Look oh, what's outside my control. Well, perfect. Mindfulness is the ticket for you, Katie Blaine. You're in the right place. Ashley, hoping to create more peace and happiness in my home. Monica, define my role. Yes, so important. Clear plan. Good. Jen, better relationship with my stepkids. By the way, I'm not holding on to bitterness toward their mom. Yes, so important. Amparo, I hope I'm saying that right. To become a better stepmom and wife, changing my mindset, becoming more understanding. Stacy, stop screaming because I feel lost and clueless. Okay, I want to first acknowledge you for like being vulnerable enough to say stop screaming because nobody likes to admit that they're a yeller. And I really appreciate that you that you said that. I hate yelling at the kids and I do it and I would don't like to admit it. So thank you for saying that. Um, Tiffany on Facebook, I want to restore my own inner peace and kick out the people living in my head rent-free. Yes. So if we look at the comments, right? If we look at each other's comments, we'll notice that we're all here for different reasons, but we all want the same thing at the end of the day, right? We want love, we want connection, we want intimacy. We want to feel like we belong in our houses. So whether you're feeling totally hopeless, totally helpless, like your days as a stepmom are coming to a close unless you change something, or, you know, maybe you already feel pretty happy as a stepmom, but you just want to make sure that you're equipped to, with the tools to handle when life inevitably, inevitably throws a curveball at you. Okay. You want to be able to handle that with grace because you know, it's coming. <laughs> so you're preparing, you're a preparer. I wish I was like you. Okay. In the very first segment of this series, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to share with you, you know, what is mindfulness and how can you use mindfulness to create this happily ever after way faster and way less painfully than if you had to do life's struggles without it. Sound good. Okay. So I'm going to show you the exact steps to take so that you can really settle into peace, settle into harmony in your blended family and feel confident that you can, in fact, live happily ever after. Because the most crucial difference that I've observed over the years, having helped thousands of stepmoms from every corner of the world, the biggest difference that I've observed between step families who make it versus step families who do not make it is mindfulness. It's that simple. It's not easy, but it's that simple. So in order to blend peacefully, you must, I mean, you don't have to do anything. I would really encourage you to look at what specifically is standing in your way of peace. Okay. The operative word here is specifically. So pull out your workbooks, pull out your journals, whatever you have to write with. Um, if you're on your laptop and you want to take notes on your, on your laptop, that's, that's great too, whatever works for you. And I want you to just sort of start brain dumping everything that's standing in the way of your happiness. Okay. I want you to get as specific as possible. Okay. Cause a lot of step moms have this tendency to say, I want more peace. I want to blend. Okay, but you, it needs to be more specific than that. And this is what I mean by specific. I'm just going to, I'm just going to prove a point here. I'm going to do a little, little experiment here with you. Okay. So before you start writing, sorry, I know I told you to stop writing, start writing. And then I told you to stop, but first I want to prove a point here. I want everyone to picture in their minds. Okay. What comes to mind when I say 
this phrase. When I say it, type in the chat what you think that this picture is, okay? He hurt me. He hurt me. What picture do you get in your mind when I say he hurt me? You can type it in the chat. Blame. Okay, but like what, what like image, like if you were to paint me like a movie scene that said like, you hurt me, a man hitting woman. Okay, you, he hurt me, a man hitting woman. Domestic violence, okay. Myself crying, my husband hurting my feelings, okay. A man with his back to me, not listening, yelling finger in the face. A man not listening to his partner, okay. So in all of these instances, these are all relevant to he hurt me, right? But this is not the same. For me, what comes to mind is like a little boy on the playground, like tattling, like he hurt me, right? So, so he hurt me is this really, really vague thing that means different things to different people. Who is he, right? How did he hurt you? So this is no different than when stepmoms say to me, I want peace. I want to blend. I want to be included. It's so vague. It lacks so much specificity that's impossible to know when the thing that you want has happened. How will you know when your peace, when your house is peaceful? How will you know when you've blended? How will you know when you feel confident, when you feel respected? What does peace mean to you? right? What does blend mean to you? Does it mean the kids have actual bedtimes? That's specific. We know if that's accomplished or not. Does it mean your partner's co-parent isn't phoning at all hours of the day and night, right? Is that what peace means to you? Does it mean that you know how to navigate it? You've got some tools to navigate when your stepkids throw tantrums, okay? What specifically does more peace mean to you? A lot of stepmoms, something else stepmoms say to me all the time is like, I want to be included. Okay. I want to be included in my step family. And that's great. I want you to be included too. Um, but what does that look like to you? Right. Does that look like you're being invited to the kids sporting events? Does that mean your partner consults you before making changes to your visitation schedule? What specifically has to happen for you to feel included? Authorities in our house. Okay, but what does that mean, right? Authorities in our house means something different to everybody. Does that mean you say hello, goodbye, please and thank you? Having an actual visitation schedule. Okay, that's specific, right? So if you say I want more structure in my home, that's one thing. Saying I have one, an actual visitation schedule, that's very specific. We know if that has been achieved or not. I'll give you a few minutes to brain dump this stuff, okay? Yeah, manners at the table, specific. Schedule awareness before the last minute. Yeah, specific, right? Like, tell me that the kids are coming before they ring the doorbell. Mm. Acknowledged by my stepkids when their mom is in the room. Very interesting. Pick one. 
No food in the kids' bedrooms, very specific. Not have the axe text in the evenings, very specific, okay. Great job getting specific, y'all. Each person cleaning up after themselves. Yeah. Division of labor in the household is always a big bone of contention. Okay. Respecting rules. This is great, you guys. Nice and specific. Just a few more seconds. Okay. A few more seconds here. You guys can come back and do this again. Like when you watch the replay, you can come back and do it again. Get as right as write as many things as you can until you can't write anymore. Okay. So finish what the word that you're writing or the sentence that you're writing now. And I want you to take this list and I want you to put it somewhere safe because we're going to be coming back to this list in just a bit. Okay, so hang on to it. But I want to now explain why mindfulness is your like ticket, why it's your solution. Okay, not to just to survive, but to thrive as a stepmom. So I'm going to think back to the beginning when we talked about irreconcilable differences. Okay. There's a lot of irreconcilable differences being kind of put into the chat right now, right? Because there are a lot of things that were like, this is making me bonkers. So this is in your workbook, by the way. Part of this definition is in your workbook. A lot of the other approaches that I've seen in regards to dealing with staff families takes the stance as if your step family is fundamentally broken and therefore it needs to be fixed. Okay. So these approaches are really based in judging your family system for being different, judging the kids, judging the parents, judging what they're doing wrong, judging how inadequate you are, Right? Judging your spouse for being so irresponsible and breeding with that honey badger in the first place. So what do I mean by judgment? Okay. People judge other people all of the time. And before you go getting your back up and being like, yeah, but Brittany, you have no idea the hell that these kids have put me through. You have no idea the hell that this other parent has put me through. Hear me out. Okay. I'm not saying it hasn't been hard. I know it's been hard or you wouldn't be here. Okay. By judgment, what I mean is that someone else is thinking, acting, behaving in a way that you believe is wrong or bad or unfair or not good enough, that they're not trying hard enough, that they should know better, that they should be a different way than they are. Okay. That's judgment. And again, everybody judges. You judge, I judge, the kids judge, their parents judge. We all judge each other for judging each other. <laughs> we live in a judge factory. That's what humans do. We judge, we compare, right? Every day, even me, 
I still judge a lot. I catch myself doing it sooner, but judgment is just part of the way that our brains are wired. And the thing is that a lot of the judgments that we pass on other people in our step family and other people in the world, they might feel really true to us. They might feel really true that the kids are jerks, their other parents are screw up, that your spouse always picks them over you. That might feel really true to you. But you don't have to look any further than the 67% divorce rate in second marriage step families or the 75%. Seven, five, 75, three and four divorce rate in third marriage step families to figure out that the way people are showing up in step families is not working. It is not working. The way we're doing it is not working. The way that you are probably being encouraged to run your step family is not working. It hasn't worked in the past. It's not going to work in the future. Okay. It's probably not working now. And I know that that's true because all of you are sitting here looking at me, listening to the words coming out of my mouth. The stuff that's out there right now is not working. Okay. So if you believe the narrative that your step family is fundamentally broken, what chance do you ever have to get to a place where you see it for anything other than its brokenness? Even if this is a subconscious belief that we don't think, like, oh, I don't think my step family is broken. We have a cultural narrative of what a normal family looks like in our society, and it's not a step family. Okay. So even if you don't consciously think it, that belief is there somewhere in your mind. So if you believe that on this side, right, there's nuclear families, first families, whatever you want to call them, that these are the normal kind of family, right? Then on this side, you've got all the other delinquent kinds of families, the broken families, the weirdos, right? We all live over here in this weird, in this weird pond. We are always comparing ourselves to the nuclear family because we've been taught the nuclear family is the normal family. This is the benchmark family, right? If we believe that, you know, divorce creates broken homes. How many of us have heard that language? Divorce creates broken homes. Okay. Therefore, step families are inherently broken. What effing chance do we have? What chance do we have? We already have this belief in our heads that we're broken, that there's something wrong with us. So if you drop a plate, okay, say you drop a plate, a beautiful China plate, you drop a plate, it smashes into a hundred pieces. It breaks. You can glue those pieces back together to try and make it look like a plate again. And it might glue back together pretty well, but you're never going to forget that it was broken before, right? You're always going to be comparing it to the other plates in your cupboard that aren't broken. They're not cracked. You don't have glue coming out of the crevices, right? You're always going to be treating this broken plate differently because it broke once. And you don't want to break it again. You're always going to be holding this picture in your mind about what it should look like. But what all the other plates look like. And it's never going to look that way again. And since it can never look that way again, you're never going to be satisfied. No matter how hard you try to pretend that it's okay. That it's fine. Just needs a little glue. It's good as new. Right? Whereas 
if you look at a puzzle, there's different shapes and sizes of puzzle pieces. When you get a puzzle, the pieces are all jumbled up in the box, but slowly over time, those pieces of all different shapes and sizes and colors find their place. And the complete picture comes out as a result. When you look at a puzzle, do you look at a puzzle and think, hmm, that's a broken picture? No, it's just a damn puzzle, right? If it wasn't a broken picture, if it wasn't a puzzle, it just would be a painting, a picture, right? Neither of them is better or worse. They're just different. So think of this puzzle. I really want to invite you to start using this puzzle analogy as far as the way mindfulness can help you approach your step family. Okay. So this new mindful perspective, instead of judging how wrong, judging how broken, judging how different, a new mindfulness perspective that you're going to adopt throughout the rest of this series is really going to support you in developing a new type of flexible acceptance flexible understanding of your uniquely imperfect step family. This mindfulness approach that we're going to be working on throughout the rest of the next two and a half workshops is going to help you to discover that your step family is not in fact broken. It's just a different type of family system. It has a different dynamic. We have a different rule book. Okay. It doesn't have to look like all the other plates in order to be valuable, in order to be good enough. There's a place for puzzles. There's a place for paintings. There's a place for sculptures. There's a place for all of it in the world, okay? So taking a mindfulness approach really means learning how to become accepting, become flexible, reframe the thoughts that you're having without sacrificing your needs for other people, okay? Mindfulness nurtures. This is super important. I would really encourage you to write this down and like think about what this means to you and why this is so important. Mindfulness nurtures trust. Mindfulness nurtures safety. And those are two things that are really non-negotiable in a family system like ours. By default, people in set families feel uncertain. We feel unstable. And mindfulness creates certainty because it cultivates acceptance. Accepting things for how things are. That creates certainty. Everything's okay the way that it is. We don't need to change it. We don't need to fix it, right? We don't need to judge it. This is what it is. So I want to ask a question. You can be honest. You don't have to be honest with me, but you got to be honest with you. (laughs) How much of your suffering in life is caused by the fact that you wish your life was different than it currently is? Give me like a percentage. How much do you suffer because you wish your spouse parented differently? You wish your stepkids acted right? You wish your partner's ex would go on a trip to Nantucket and never come back? How much of your suffering in life is caused by wishing your life was different than it is? 50%, 70%, 100%. Katie, 50, Hannah, 100. Rebecca, 75, 35 to 40, Shauna, 60%. Okay. So a fair bit of suffering by 60, right? 
I mean, six out of 10 worried thoughts that you have is because of something that you have no control over, right? For those 60%. And that's okay. I'm not judging. We're just, we're just kind of, we're bringing these things into awareness now, okay? I just want you to become aware of like how much pain that you face on a daily basis because your life isn't where you want it to be. And when you focus on all the ways that life isn't this picture that you've painted, you're creating a bunch of hurt, right? You're creating a bunch of suffering. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to hurt. We can still want things to change. We can still take actions to make things different than they are without the suffering that's attached to that. Okay. Mindfulness is the antidote to suffering. Mindfulness helps people like you and I and everybody else. Mindfulness helps people discover how much of your suffering is caused by the fact that you're wishing for people and places and circumstances to be different than they actually are. Okay, I'm going to say that again because it's important. I think it's in your workbook. Suffering is created. Suffering. Okay. Pain is, how's that, how's that silly old, if you have like a image of like a cubicle, a cubicle painting, a cubicle framed picture, like pain is necessary. Suffering is optional or something, something like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? I've like see like a pair of basketball shoes in my memory. Yeah. Pain is unavoidable. Suffering is optional. That's what this is all about. Okay. Things can hurt. We don't have to suffer through them. So suffering is created when you wish for people and places and circumstances to be different than they actually are. Mindfulness is the antidote for that suffering. Mindfulness is the antidote for that. Stuff. I lost my train of thought. When you spend all of your time wishing for people and places and circumstances to be different than they are, you're really missing out on experiencing the joy and the peace and the contentment that is actually also existing in that same moment. For as much as this, there's stuff that's shitty happening, there's also good stuff that's happening at the same time. When we're only focused on the shitty stuff, that's all we're going to see, right? And we're going to suffer with that. And if you don't believe that you can find joy or peace or contentment in the here and now, you most definitely need mindfulness in your life. Okay. Case in point, <laughs> not judging. I get it. I've been there, still get there every day. Okay. Have you ever noticed like people who go with the flow, people who are flexible are always so much happier than people who are rigid. Right. And people who are like, there's only one way to do things. Like think about your like neighbor on the corner who's like obsessed with his grass and it's like a big thing and every he can't he's got like a, a fence around his grass and nobody can walk on the grass if this is you that's the grass person you need mindfulness I'm not judging <laughs> okay people who have a very specific way that they need things done can be really intense to be around right rigidity can be a really intense thing to experience from others and to live with okay it's not a coincidence that studies have shown time and time and time again that people who practice mindfulness have lower rates of depression and anxiety, better relationships. They're generally healthier. They are generally live longer. The opposite to mindfulness is rigidity. Okay. Answer in the chat. What does it mean to be rigid? If somebody is rigid, somebody has a rigid demeanor. What does that mean? 
unflexible. Yes, Carolina, Carolina, bango, bango, bongo, baby. Unflexible. Yeah, strict, uptight, unwilling. Yes. Unflexible is the most, my most favorite perfect definition because rigidity is the opposite of flexibility. Rigidity is the opposite of accepting. Okay. And in psychology, how rigid somebody is in their thought patterns, in their thought processes, is directly correlated to how unhappy they are with themselves and how dissatisfied they are in their relationships. Okay. The more rigid, the less happy. The less rigid, AKA, the more mindful, the more happy. Makes sense, right? A study by Thompson and Waltz 2007 reveals mindfulness is associated with many mental health benefits, including increased self-esteem and better self-acceptance. Okay. One of the things sounds tell me all the time that they want more of is confidence. And guess what qualities help stepmoms feel more confident? Increased self-esteem, better self-acceptance, byproducts of mindfulness. Okay. The single most important ingredient in step families that make it versus the at least two and three that don't is mindfulness, period. So this is what mindfulness is, okay? This is the definition of mindfulness. John Kabat-Zinn, he's a mindfulness guru. He defines mindfulness as the awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. This is a way of relating to oneself and one's environment. Okay. So mindfulness is the awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. Just a quick distinction. Mindfulness is not the same as, as meditation. You might've heard them used interchangeably, but they're not the same. Okay. Mindfulness is a quality. Mindfulness is a way of like experiencing your world, experiencing, relating to the people around you. It's a way of being meditation is one very specific type of practice. Okay. So think of mindfulness is like sports and meditation is like hockey. Okay. So mindfulness is like this big state of being. Meditation is one way to practice that. Okay. So you're always practicing mindfulness when you meditate, but you don't have to meditate to develop mindfulness. So if you're like, I'm not meditating, you don't have to meditate to, to, to practice mindfulness. Okay. Mindfulness is a really specific way of living that can be cultivated through all different sorts of practices. Okay. So this is probably one of my favorite things about mindfulness when it comes to step families is that when it comes two step families that are so individual, you get to develop a mindfulness practice that instead of like following some textbook suggestion, that's never going to work for you and your step family dynamic, like most of the stuff recommends, right? Instead of that, when you create your own mindfulness practice, you get to create and curate something that's really individualized for you and what works for you. Okay. Because even though society's led you to believe that you don't know how to be a step mom, that's not true. You might not be able to like live up to what society or your spouse or the kids say it takes to be a good stepmom, right? But this is also like what I should be doing. What should I be doing? What makes me a good stepmom? What makes me a bad stepmom? These are things that mindfulness can help you untangle. Okay. So 
I'm just gonna give one more piece of research and then we'll move on, okay? It's not even research, it's just another definition that might feel a little bit lighter. Mindfulness is simply a moment-to-moment -moment awareness of one's experience without judgment, okay? And I really wanna make it known that mindfulness is a state of being, it's not a trait, okay? Which is a good thing because it means that mindfulness isn't something that some people are born with and other people aren't. It's not something that just naturally occurs in people. It's a state of being, which means anyone can develop it. Anyone can cultivate it. It's not like, oh, I have brown eyes. That would be a trait, right? A state is like happiness, mindfulness, et cetera. And something really cool about mindfulness is that once you've got it, nobody can take it away from you, right? So your stepkids can't take it away from you. Their other parent can't take it away from you. Once you got it, it's yours. So um, where are we going to go here? So if you're feeling a little bit skeptical about like how mindfulness is going to be able to help you, okay? There's like tons of research on how mindfulness can reduce stress, decrease anxiety, decrease depression, uh, decrease pessimism, AKA make you more optimistic, help you stop thinking the worst. Okay. For stepmoms, this is super important because stepmoms, according to the research, have the highest rates of depression and anxiety of any parenting group. Okay. Mindfulness for stepmoms is not, it's not negotiable. It's so important. If you ever find yourself have like trapped in like thought loops about your kids or the stepkids or something that they did wrong or something their other parent did that bothered you and you think about it over and over and over and over again, clinically that's called rumination. Okay. Mindfulness can help you put a stop to that rumination. So all those problems that you wrote down at the beginning, the stuff that's been standing in your way of living happily ever after as a stepmom, you're going to be practicing applying mindfulness to that list of problems that you wrote down in just a second. Okay. I want to talk super quickly to the skeptics like me, because I know you're out there. I know that somebody out there is thinking like, this sounds really great and really airy fairy, but like, I don't want to use mindfulness. I do want to do things by the book. I do want to convince my spouse to see things my way. I want my stepkids to start listening. I want them to have a bedtime. I want the rules to be different. What about screen time, right? My stepkids, other parents, literally impossible. We need boundaries. Like I don't want mindfulness. I want like real tangible strategies. I need people to follow different rules. I need things to change, right? I get it. And I want all of those things for you too. Trust me, I really do. But I mean this with love. If you've ever tried to change yourself, if you've ever tried to change your eating habits or stick to an exercise program or get up earlier or start investing money in things that are good for you long-term, then you'll know how hard it is to actually pull the trigger and make changes, right? Even if you're the exception to the rule and every time you make yourself a promise, you keep it, okay? Which is like probably 1% of the world. But if every time you're like, I'm gonna change this habit and you do it, most of us normal people, just kidding. Most of us other people have a really hard time making changes to our habits and changes to the way that we think. So, you know, do you know somebody who's been threatening to quit a job that they hate for a decade? 
Do you have friends who've been threatening to leave their spouses for years, but they haven't left? They haven't gone to counseling. They haven't changed anything to improve their relationship. Feels like they've been complaining to you about the same problem over and over and over forever and ever and ever. People resist change, right? Even when change is like painfully, obviously going to be good for them, people don't like to change. So if most people have that much trouble changing themselves, then how in the name of everything holy does it make sense that so many stepmoms have this, like all of their eggs in this basket of hoping they can just read a paragraph out of a step family book, present it to their step family and everybody's going to fall in line and live happily ever after, right? A book that has no idea about your specific dynamics, a book that has no idea what your, what your stepkids are like, what your spouse is like. It's great to have these like by the book recommendations for step families, but the thing that that doesn't take into consideration for is the uniqueness of your specific dynamic. And we can't change other people because a book says that this is the way that step families are supposed to be run. Just doesn't work. There's a really complex reason that humans don't like to change. Okay. And I love you so much. I love you so much, but your spouse's ex and your stepkids probably don't care what you want. They don't care if you want them to pick up after themselves. They don't care if you want them to stop calling. I want them to do those things. I want them to do all of that stuff for you. Okay. I care what you want, but this is why stepmoms end up kind of on my virtual doorstep, like bruised and battered and beaten because no matter how desperately and how justified you are in wanting things to be different, the other people in your step family, more likely than not, don't want to hear it. Okay. So the fact of the matter is that for as long as you're pushing against what is, for as long as you're like hell bent on getting everybody else to be on the same page as you, you're creating some resistance in your family structure. And for as long as you're living your life in like a resistant and rigid state, you're investing your energy, literally investing your energy and making yourself miserable. I don't want that for you. I don't want you to be doing that. Right. I know it feels like that's the solution, but it's, but, but pushing against what is will never make what you want happen. And it's not your fault. Okay. If, if this is the strategy that you've been trying this, like pushing and, and begging and pleading and being angry. Like I, I get, I get it. It's not, it's not your fault. A lot of stepmoms have been lied to. Okay. There's a lot of really bad information out there. And as a result of that bad information, as a result of that bad advice, as a result of our friends and family who are trying to help us by giving us terrible advice, a lot of stepmoms have this belief that if our stepkids just had a different set of household rules, or if we could just get our partner's ex to abide by a different set of rules, a different custody agreement, a different visitation arrangement, if the court order was changed, right? If their partner would just grow a backbone and do some disciplining or stand up to the ex, that the level of conflict in their stepfamily would decrease. This is what stepmoms believe. In some way, shape, or form, most stepmoms believe that most of their problems in their stepfamily would be fixed if there were more rules, okay? I want you to, if you believe that this is true for your life, like for your specific dynamic, if you believe the secret sauce to blending your stepfamily would be found 
in creating more rules, more structure, more discipline, more consequences, more punishment. Type rules in the chat if you think that that's what's missing in your blend. Sometimes it's the courts that cause problems. 100%, the courts are awful. Just can be awful. So biased against dads, it's not fair, right? For the most part. And Monica, it's, it's not that you've been doing it all wrong. It's that there's really shitty information out there. You haven't been doing it wrong. You've been doing what you've been told to do because you were told that if you do it this way, it'll work, right? It's not your fault. The fact of the matter is that you're here right now learning a different way and that speaks volumes about you. That says like, okay, I'm realizing what I've been doing isn't been working. Maybe there's a different way. Okay, so we don't need to judge ourselves or shame ourselves or be like, I'm doing it wrong, right? Doing it all wrong. Laws, guidelines are important. Sure, but I mean, when stepmoms have all their eggs in this basket of thinking like a rule chart's going to fix it, or maybe if we get the, the court order renegotiated, or like if we have all these rules around how when my partner's ex can call and not call, everything will be different. We want to like... There's a real, I understand, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. I understand, you know, that we, a lot of us have a, a craving for some more structure. A lot of the time when we walk into a step family, it's kind of like a shit show, right? It's like a free for all, like there's not a lot of rules. It's kind of a big mess. So a lot of us have a cravings for some more structure, but what can happen is that as a result of that craving for some more structure, a lot of stepmoms can turn into kind of like control freaks. I'm not saying that you're a control freak. Okay. That's not what I'm saying at all, but certainly a lot of stepmoms do tend to crave more control. And I'll talk more about the human brain and why we want to do this later. But for all, all you need to know for right now is like this intense need for structure and control and for things to be done one way and one way only does a lot of harm to a lot of step families. And most notably, because it's been found in the research, stepmoms have the highest rates of depression and anxiety of any parenting group. Who is this need for structure and more rules hurting the most? It's hurting stepmoms the most. It's not hurting the kids or our spouses or the other parent. It's hurting us the most because we're like, why can't they be doing things this way? This would help everything. This would fix everything. Why can't everyone just do this? Right? Structure can be great, but do we need to talk like this? For example, the book says we're supposed to be running family meetings as a step family. Do we need to talk about the time I tried running a family meeting with my step family because that's what we're supposed to be doing? And it ended up with my stepson like breaking down in tears and closing off for me, which was shortly followed by a colossal meltdown by me because I was doing what the book said. I was trying to control my household by what the book said, because the book said, this is the way you're supposed to be doing it. Well, all we need is more structure. All we need is a meeting. All we need is to run this house like a business, right? Just get organized, just control it. it didn't work. People don't like that way, right? When I was a new coach, you know, when I was a new coach, I used to tell my clients run family meetings because the book said you're supposed to tell your clients to run family meetings. But not one single one of my old clients who I told to run a family meeting ever had a successful meeting. Not one of them. Okay. 
Why? Like most of them didn't even get their spouses to agree to it in the first place. So that's why I realized now there's this big recommendation that are relying on a changing the structure of your family instantly. I'm not saying it can't change eventually, but the, that's not the first place that we go is changing the family structure. Okay. And there's a big problem with like hoping that other people are going to get on board with you. If that's where all your eggs are, if that's the basket, all your eggs are in, you've been lied to. Okay. You've been lied to because these one size fits all like by the book methods that basically encourage stepmoms to set their families up like businesses, these structure driven methods, they don't take into consideration. People don't like being told what to do. Three-year-olds don't. 13-year-olds don't, 33-year-olds don't, 73-year-olds don't. Nobody likes being told what to do, okay? Structure's great, but it needs to come from a mindful place or else it just blows up in people's faces. And I care about you. And I don't want things blowing up in your beautiful face, okay? Because no matter how many rules that you try to put in place, rules cannot protect you from getting hurt. Step families blend peacefully when people are getting their needs met. And we're not just talking like physical needs, like food and shelter. I'm talking emotional needs, like being allowed to express sadness and anger and frustration, psychological needs, like feeling safe to be who you are, feeling safe to make mistakes because that's part of being a person. And emotional and psychological safety is found at the core of mindfulness. Okay. Like when you look back on your life, when you're 70, do you want to be the stepmom who's like, we had the best darn rule chart on the block and nobody made mistakes because they were too afraid of the scathing punishment and consequences. Like, is that the memory you want of your life? Or do you want to remember life with like people laughing till you cried and like getting random hugs and your floors were a little bit messy because you did things that were fun instead of making sure everyone's chores were finished right? There has got to be a balance. There's got to be a balance. And there's no manual on what exact rules to put in place in order to be a happy, confident stepmom. There's no manual on what exact steps to take to blend your stepfamily because stepfamilies are not math. Families are not math. Stepfamilies are art. It's an art. It's a delicate balance. Mindfulness gets to be your paintbrush. Okay. I used to spend hours on hours on hours, literally locked in my bathroom, taking baths that were so long, I'd have to heat the water up four times. I looked at the end of the internet for this magical step family rule book. Okay. I looked everywhere. My stepson used to be my biggest trigger in the whole entire world. Everything he did, everything he said or didn't say, everything he did or didn't do, the way that my husband was so like permissive and lax with his parenting, we were like polar opposites. My husband and I, as far as parenting styles went, and I couldn't stand to be around the two of them, right? My stepson had no structure. He had no screen time limits. He had no responsibilities. He couldn't cut his own food. He didn't clean up after himself. He didn't even load his own dishes in the dishwasher. He'd barge into my bedroom at all hours of the night, right? I'd freak out about that. And then my husband would tell me I was acting like a child. Right? And then he'd go sleep with my stepson in my stepson's room. I'd lay in bed at night and I was like fuming. And then I'd get back in my bathtub and I'd chug some wine and I'd look for the rule book. Right. My marriage was falling apart. 
And I was blaming it on a child because of rule book. I couldn't find a rule book to suit him, to fix him. I blamed my stepson's mom. I thought, what kind of mother raises a kid like this? Right? She's been a stay-at-home mom for how long? And she can't even raise one kid. Like what's wrong with her? I judged my husband. I resented him to the core of my being. So I would disengage from the situation so that I wouldn't blow up at everybody. And I'd sit in my bathtub and I would look for those answers. I would look for what I was looking for on the, to the ends of the freaking internet. I'd sit and I'd stew and I'd hate them. And I would look for that, that rule book. I would look for that solution, but I never found it. I hated my life and I couldn't find something to help me. I'd order books online, like every Amazon book that has like the word stepmom in the tag. I own it. I've read it a hundred times, right? I'd try, I'd tell my husband, like, this is what the books say. I'd try to get him on the same page as me. He'd be like, this is not happening. This doesn't work for our life, right? Who knows what that's like, right? How many times have you gone to your spouse and you're like, we need to do things this way. I'm trying to get my spouse on the same page as me and it doesn't work. How many of you have tried to get your spouse to see things like from your perspective? Like, this is what life is like for me. Please see things my way. Let me know in the chat if that's, if you know what I'm talking about. In my quest to get my husband on the same page as me, I would try, I would force him, right? I'd force him to implement what these books said to do. And it would turn into a fight or blow up in our faces every single time. I'd read a blog post that was like, here's five tips to be a kick-ass stepmom. Like some, <laughs> something that was like so surface level, like junk advice, like focus on what you can control, like vent to your girlfriends, right? Look for the silver lining stuff that I'm like, does this, is this person writing this even a stepmom? Like, does this person even know what, what life is like as a stepmom? This is the kind of stuff I would find. Like, this is the advice that's out there for stepmoms. Or I'd follow textbook advice that didn't work, you know, like run a family meeting, bribe them with allowance, lay down the law, you know, like the kind of advice that when you implement it, it ends up with either you or your spouse sleeping on the couch. So after I spent enough hours steeping in my misery in my bathtub, searching for some kind of advice, like that one step family rule that was going to save my sanity, and I couldn't find that magical piece of advice anywhere. And after I had been like nauseated by enough of those support groups online that didn't feel like very supportive groups, it really all came to a head. Like this was my kind of, this was the, the turning point for, for me. Um, after what felt like, you know, the millionth time, my husband changed our custody schedule. He rearranged it with his ex-wife and he didn't even have the decency to talk to me about it until it was already changed with his ex-wife. And I'd already been volunteered for childcare duties for a kid who hated me, right? And I'd had enough of being uninvolved in these decisions that severely impacted my life, but I had no say in them somehow. And I snapped. I, I found myself screaming in my husband's face that I wanted a divorce. And it was that moment, like me screaming, I can like still picture it in my head. I'm like screaming at him, telling him I hate him and I hate his kid and I hate his ex-wife and nobody ever thinks about me. Like, what about me? I'm just a puppet in your stupid life. I hate your stupid life. I hate everybody. I want a divorce. 
but that moment is, you know, the pivotal moment that led me to be sitting here on this side of the microphone is that after I screamed in my husband's face and told him I wanted a divorce, he looked me dead in the eyes and I can like replay this, it's like burned in my memory. My husband looked me in the eyes and he basically said like no expression on his face, Brittany, if you want a divorce, if you want a divorce, fine, but wherever you go, you will be there. Wherever you go, you'll be there, which hurt like a mofo at the time, but it changed my life. You know, it's funny because one of my clients in the Stellum story made a comment about that, about the, wherever you go, you'll be there moment. And, and she said that at the beginning of her relationship with her husband, she was always angry at and angry about her husband's ex-wife. The ex-wife was always to blame for like how miserable she felt all the time. Then the ex-wife moved away and she was sort of like out of my client's brain space. And so the client's blame shifted to her stepkids. Her stepkids now became the reason that she wasn't happy. But after she developed just a little bit more awareness, becoming a little bit more mindful, she realized that unless she got to the root cause of why she was unhappy, the face of this person causing her unhappiness would keep changing because it actually has nothing to do with these other people at all. It might feel like it does. It might feel like these other people in our set family are the reason we're not happy, you know, but it's not true. This is why mindfulness is the ticket. Because for as long as we're running around hoping to change everybody else around us in order to make our lives easier and to feel better, we're playing a losing game. And you're soon going to see just how all those things that you listed out that are standing in your way of your peaceful blend, all those things that you listed that are standing in the way of you feeling like the confident, treasured, fucking badass woman that you are have nothing to do with missing rules. They have nothing to do with people being dirtbags, no matter how big of a dirtbag it seems like they're being. Because wherever you go, you're going to be there. And you are a goddess, okay? And the sooner that you see that, the sooner that you embrace the fact that other people don't get to decide how you feel, the sooner that you embody this state of mindfulness in your life, the sooner you get to ask yourself why you waited so damn long to do it. So. I'm going to help you take a look at how you can start to apply these mindfulness principles to your step family problems. Okay. There's endless research to support the fact that mindfulness can improve your mental health, improve your physical health, improve your financial health, increase your success, increase your relationship satisfaction. So I want to help you make that happen as soon as possible. When you open up your workbook, you're going to see a mindfulness self-assessment. And I want to invite you to go through that self-assessment and fill it out before the second workshop in the series. Okay. If you don't know what I'm talking about, when I talk about the workbook, then you'll need to visit the all access page or Suzanne has it posted in the comments here, the workbook, fill out that self-assessment. And when you are done filling out that self-assessment, I want you to compare the answers from that assessment with the problems that you listed earlier that are standing in your way of your happily ever after ending. And I want you to see if you notice any patterns. Okay. So after you complete that self-assessment, you'll see that there's some reflections for you to work through. 
uh, feel free to journal about it, collage about it, make yourself a voice recording, go for a walk and think about it. Like however your brain processes information, do that. There's no wrong way for you to reflect. The only wrong way is not to do it. And don't get freaked out by the length of the workbook. Okay. Like don't get into your overwhelm and your stories and say like, I don't have time for this. Take a deep breath. Remember why you signed up. I've helped thousands of stepmoms from all over the world. And I guarantee there is another woman who registered for this workshop who has less time and less resources and less support than you do. And she's going to get this homework done because people always find a way to do what's important to them. Something one of my mentors says all the time is you can have, you can have your results or your reasons, but you can't have both, right? So don't get overwhelmed. I don't have the time for this. This workbook's too long. This is too big. I don't know how to do this. Don't do any of that. Okay. Take a breath, come back to it, do it in five minute chunks whenever you can. Okay. And when you're finished filling out your self-assessment, like I said, compare the answers from your assessment with the problems that you listed earlier. Okay. I want you to, I really want you to look at that and see if you can notice a connection. So if you have any questions about that, post in our Facebook group. Okay. Um, if you need help with that homework, post in the Facebook group. If you have notice anything while you're doing the homework, post in our Facebook group, start connecting with each other. Okay. Check in with your accountability buddy. Make sure she's good. Chat amongst yourselves, chat about what you learned. I'll be floating around the um, Facebook group to offer some coaching. I think that, you know, any of the women inside the Stepmom story would tell you that the community we've built is more like a sisterhood, only we're the kind of sisters who don't tattle on each other. We don't steal each other's makeup. Um, so, you know, please take advantage of this community while we can. People are always surprised at the end of Uplifted when I close down the group. This group is not a forever group. It's only open for the duration of this event. Okay. So please make sure you're taking advantage of the group while it is open, while it's available. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from stepmoms, like how isolated they feel because they thought they were the only person in the world having the thoughts and feelings that they were. And then Eureka, there's people from everywhere that are actually thinking and feeling the same things. I also just, I'm almost done. I just really want, I want to talk about this super quick because we all have this voice, right? You might notice that there's a little voice in your head saying things, you know, like that's impossible that's stupid. You could never have that kind of life. Like that might work for everybody else's step family. That won't work for mine. Or even if I had less step family stress, I wouldn't advance in my career and make more money. If you notice like a voice in your head saying like, I don't have time to do all this homework. Anytime that your mind is saying to you, yeah, but, or anytime that you notice yourself talking yourself out of a good thing before you've allowed yourself to dream about having it, that's a really good indication that you've got some big, heavy, limited, limiting beliefs buried underneath the surface. So every person has limiting beliefs. Okay. Everyone does. You do. I do. Sally does. Like everybody has limiting beliefs, period. But in order to be able to effectively harness the power of mindfulness in your life, and in order to get out of your way so that you can be happy and prosperous and peacefully blend, we need to get these limiting beliefs out of the way. Okay, so that's why we are going to spend the second workshop specifically talking about limiting beliefs so that you can allow yourself to have good things come into your life without talking yourself out of them. Okay, so that's what we're going to be talking about on Tuesday. I'm going to see you guys all inside of the Facebook group. Um, I'll see you back here for workshop number two in just a few days. 
Don't let your limiting beliefs talk you out of a good thing before the magic happens. Please, 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 please give yourself the gift of working through this homework. Um, I can give you food, but I can't eat for you. Okay, so remember why you signed up. Remember that the, the pot of gold is at the end of the rainbow. You deserve to love the life that you live every single day. Um, thank you for joining me here today. I'm really grateful that everybody has been here uh, hanging out with me today. So I'm going to see everybody in the group. If you don't have Facebook, I'll see you back here on Tuesday for the second workshop in the series. Um, thanks for being here. It's our anniversary today. So I'm going to go uh, get ready for that. Made it to an another trip around the sun. We made it. So thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll see you all in the group. Bye-bye.